Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. This morning, joining me is Miss Amanda Nebel. Amanda, how are you this morning? I'm good. It has been a long time, friends, since I've got to sit and talk with you. It has been. Yeah. I think you're one of the first people that I met, Amanda, when I started this job eight years ago, because you were coming in to do some training for us at a at one of our awesome conferences. And now I've had a seat. Only The seat's only been social media, though, here lately, girl, watching <laughs> what God's doing in your life. So I'm excited just to get to pump you full of questions and say, yeah, touch me yeah. up. Amanda, tell the ladies just a little bit about the Amanda that I met eight years ago. I think that's a good way to put it, you know, and then that'll kind of give us the foundation to start where where we want to go with the conversation. Um, yeah, so like Carmen said, my name is Amanda Nebel. Uh, I live here in Carmi and grew up in Carmi. My parents are Todd and Amy Nebel, and I have a younger sister, Ashton. Uh, just a little bit about me. I enjoy spending time with my family, my friends. I have two dogs. I love mission work. I love traveling, um, be that here in the United States or overseas. I love being outdoors, running, walking, hiking, biking, playing tennis. I have a Jeep that I thoroughly enjoy riding around in. (laughs) Uh, I also enjoy serving others, spending time in the word, learning anything social work related. And then lastly, I love coffee. (laughs) I, I attend First Baptist Church in Carmi. I came to know the Lord when I was in the fifth grade at the Associational Church Camp at Lake Salatiska. Even though I'd grown up in church, it was not until the fifth grade that I put my faith and trust in the Lord. A few years later, I graduated high school from Carmi, and I went to un- or the University of Arizona for my first semester when looking at going to college, I was adamant about getting out of Tornado Alley, wherever that may be. I have always had a fear of storms, and so Arizona seemed like the perfect place. I had some family there as well. I was there for one semester, and it was it was difficult. I don't think I was completely ready for that transition. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the first semester, I transferred to Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, I was there for one week when a tornado hit the campus and destroyed a large portion of the campus. Uh, I graduated from Union in 2011 with my bachelor's in psychology. And as I was nearing the end of my college career at Union, I just began praying and seeking the Lord's direction on my life. It wasn't until the end of school that I realized and felt like I really couldn't do much with my degree in psychology without going back to school. And I did not, I wasn't ready to go back to school at that point in time. So I pursued the journeyman program through the International Mission Board and went to a job selection conference, met one of my dear friends, and we went to West Africa and taught English there for two years and just built relationships with the people in order Mm -hmm. to share the gospel. That probably, looking back, was the best two years of my life. I learned so much just about the people and about God's love for the nations through that experience. After the journeyman program, I came back to Carmi, and I would say that that 
was a really difficult period in my life, just transitioning back to the United States. A lot of my friends had gotten married at that point, were starting to have kids, and I just felt totally lost. Like, what does God have for me next? Because I really didn't want to stay in Carmi. Um, it was actually at the awesome conference that Carmen mentioned earlier that I heard a speaker there, a victim of human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking, that sparked my interest in uh, kind of going that route, but pursuing a social work degree. So around 2015, I started my master's at SIU in Carbondale for social work, graduated there in 2017. During that time, I did an internship at the Baptist Children's Home and Family Services in Carmi. And um, while doing that, I, I was pretty familiar with the children's home, having grown up in Carmi. My mom used to work there. Also, uh, my family was a visiting resource when I was growing up. So we would have different kids in and out of the home. Um, so at the end of the two years and my internship, I was offered a position there at the children's home and accepted that. That's great. That's great. What is the position at the children's home that you fill? So I'm a therapist there. So I see, I meet with the girls. What does that look like? Tell Go ahead and take this opportunity to tell somebody that may not be aware of the children's home. Okay. So a little bit about the children's home. I work at the residential care program. That is a Christian juvenile group home for troubled teens. The kids that live there are under the care and guidance of Christian house parents, and they receive individual group and family counseling. The goal is to restore the family and return the child to the community better equipped to deal with life. So I'm one of the therapists there. So what I do is I work specifically right now with one of the cottages. So my job entails a few different things. First and foremost, it's working with the kids. So I work on building relationships with them. Um, we do therapy. I'm there for them in moments of like crises. Also there to celebrate progress and just completion of goals. Um, I get to spend time with the kids doing activities, whether that's at the rec house or doing something at the gym or going camping or any sort of outdoor activity. Also, the kids love that I have a Jeep, and so they often, you know, try to persuade me into Jeep therapy rides because they consider that to be therapy, so we do take Jeep therapy rides. Um, I challenge the kids and try to push them outside their comfort zones, encourage them. I spend a lot of time in the cottages eating meals with them, watching TV with them, just doing life with the kids. Mm -hmm. I help them work towards the goals that they want to accomplish. Some of them are involved in school sports, so I'll attend those events, and then just advocating for them in different situations on campus or at school. And through that relationship with the kids, um, I have the opportunity to share Christ with them and just to let them know that God has a plan for them, and He heals broken hearts, that there is hope in Him, and so that is something that I love doing with each kid that comes through my office as well. Another portion is working with their families. So that is counseling in person and over the phone. That's working through home visits. So when the kids come home and then transitioning back, what do we still need to work on? What's going well? Uh, it's helping the kids transition home after they've completed the program. And then also it's encouraging and just validating parents as well. And then the last really piece of that is 
working as part of a team and part of staff there in the office. I feel like I work with the best house parents and the best office staff that there is out there. Um, we, lo we love learning together, challenging each other, encouraging each other, praying for each other. Um, and then I also just feel very blessed to have had some great supervisors and mentors who have pushed me outside of my comfort zone and have challenged me to be a better therapist um, through people like Sarah Spicer and Omar Rice and Sarah Urshry. Um, I'm grateful for their leadership and just supervision mm -hmm. in my life as well. As you're talking, Amanda, I'm sitting here thinking of all the kids that will go through that will transition back home that um, because of the experience you've had traveling and seeing the world, because the world is much bigger, you see it for what mm -hmm. it is, how those experiences can be leveraged to, you know, cause you're earlier, you said, you know, as part of what you guys do there, your work is to show them hope, right. Introduce them to hope, the author of hope. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, you're, you're expanding their horizon just through your experiences, being able to pour in, but also because you have the confidence because you've lived them, you know, mm -hmm. to show them that. And, and I, I think there might be something to be in there and that in the small town, the hometown, right. Mm -hmm. To say, it's not just for those people, you know, God has that story for, for us too. So that's, that's cool. That's cool. And I do love your energy, you know, your energy and your spirit, because you're not, you're not going to sit still. And, um, and I know you're busy, you know, and I'm going to ask you that question a minute. How do you, how do you lead yourself? Well, you know, personally, you know, um, physically, spiritually, because that's always a big thing as our, as our ladies are listening in, we know that God's always more interested in our relationship with him than anything we can do for him. We know that he's always working more on what he's doing in us than what he wants to do through us. So I always like to ask our um, our guests that question because I think it sort of creates this Pinterest board to say, oh, that's what it looks like as he expresses it in your life. And we're all just a little bit different. But I think that has to be good for the kids to see that too, because you're not stagnant. So you may be in Carmi, but you're not stagnant. You know, it's not like, oh, the water's filled this pool and it's just, it's just staying there. You're constantly leaving Carmi and coming back. Go, go ahead. Just go ahead and answer that, um, that question uh, and give our ladies an example of how you're currently leading yourself well. Well, I think the the job that I do, like almost it requires it for my sanity. And I think for me to help the kids, like I have to be taking care of myself. We talk a lot at work just about self-care. And so my self-care includes getting up of a morning, spending time in the word, um, praying for the day, praying for the kids, just situations going on in my life. And then after that, I usually spend a good hour to an hour and a half exercising, whether it's walking, running, lifting, um, just for my own self-care. And even during those times, sometimes just kind of praying for what's going to happen throughout the day that I'm aware of at that point. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I recognize that I need the Lord to get through the day. Like there are lots of challenging situations working, I think, with teenagers, especially. I think I learn from them just as much as they learn from me. But like I need God's grace to get through the day. So I, I try to make that that a priority every single day. The first thing when I get up. Amanda, let me ask you something. You've said a couple times now, I love missions. You mm -hmm. know, I love everything about that. And and you even went as far as saying the best years of my life is when you were with IMB serving as a journeyman. Can I just ask the obvious question? Have you ever thought about joining IMB full time? 
Yeah, I, I would love to maybe one day be, they. I know they have therapists that meet with missionaries and travel. Like I would love to do maybe something like that one day, but who knows what the Lord has in store. I have mm-hmm. lots of green jobs, so. Sure, that's good. Because I think that's good for women to hear that God, God may give us a, a dream, a vision, whatever you want to say. I'm going to say just an interest. Yes. And, and and then a lot of times that interest will just grow because it seems like he just keeps putting things on our radar to bring it back up or remind us of it. And then sometimes it may seem like it's disappeared mm-hmm. for him to bring it up at another time. And you think, oh, you know, um, I wish I could think of some, that's the name of a song that's on the radio right now. But there's a there's a line in it that we're all just children, you know, under weathered skin. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. it's kind of speaking to that, you know, like, we, you know, we need to learn. Well, he, I think that's one of the lines. Right. We need to learn to dream again yeah. because Sometimes we live this life, oh, we've arrived, and we've not arrived until the day we stand before Jesus. He's constantly moving us. And again, that's why I say, Amanda, when I watch your life from the outside in, you are not status quo because you are always going. Karma is a home base for you, friend, but you're always moving and going. And that has to be encouraging to the the children that God has you pouring into, because to me that is such a that is such a backdrop that they're getting to watch every day as they're interacting with you. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I wanna I wanna kind of keep moving here because yep. I wanna ask you a couple other questions for our listeners and and ladies, if you're listening in, um, you may be finding yourself in Amanda's story, or you may think, man, that sounds just like me. And and Amanda, um, when we finish recording, I'm gonna lean in and ask you a specific question because there's a young woman's name coming to mind right now that I was just talking with her and something she's going through. I'm thinking, man, God, Amanda could speak into her right now. And and ladies, that's the community. That's the way it works, right? We're not meant to go this alone. So if you're not connected with us, get connected. You can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. Um, Find us on Instagram at at Illinois Baptist Women or check out our resources on our website at ibsa.org backslash women. Um, We tell you every week we're just ordinary women with this extraordinary God. But sometimes we like to look at what God's doing in somebody else's life and think he skipped over us. And he's not, girls. He's not. Um, And the resources are there in the community that he may be saying, tap into this. And it may be somebody's life experience. It may be part of their story. It may be something they physically have. But again, we'll come alongside you and walk this with you. So Amanda, here's my here's my question right now. Have you have you done anything that you would call? Now I get Carmaya's missions work, right? But um, have you done anything that you would call missions? Have you been international in the last, I realize we were coming through a pandemic, but maybe in the last five years or have something on the radar? Is there something that that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of this or getting ready to be a part of this? I would say within the last five years, I think I, I've been back to West Africa. I spent a couple of weeks there just kind of reconnecting with people that I had built relationships with through the journeyman program. And then have been to Bangladesh, but that's still been several years ago. The pandemic, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I feel like has really cramped the traveling. Yeah. So I am hopeful to do something next year. I want to do something next year, especially overseas, and then um, potentially looking at this fall, taking a trip back down to the Well House, which is a um, rescue place for victims of sex trafficking. So yeah. That- that is my goal before the end of the year and hopefully kind of return to more normalcy next year. Uh-huh. That's good. You mentioned the well house. Some, some ladies listening may not be aware of what the well house is. So why don't you just take an opportunity and tell them a little bit about that? 
Okay, so the Well House is a residential care program for um, women and now kids who have been in sex trafficking. So kind of in the Birmingham area, my mom and I have taken, and niece Edwards, have taken a few groups down there of women spending time with ladies, building relationships with the ladies, and just sharing how much God loves them. Uh, I, lo- I love that program. I love the ministry and the work that they do and feel blessed to be able to be a part of that when I can. Amanda, they're at the Wellhouse because I know they just opened the new children's home, you know, just for underage. I want you to tell the ladies a little bit about that because that's different. You know, um, trafficking is such a broad term, you know, and we can think prostitution, we can think international trafficking, but it's a huge problem and it's a huge need, but there's a lot of different layers underneath it. But I don't think we often think we're not talking international. We're not talking somebody taking, you know, going to a uh, impoverished country and getting kids. We're talking right here in our states. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what that home is, what it does. How does how does a child end up there? You know, what's the criteria for somebody to be found in that in that particular home? I think often the news talks about like women who have been trafficked, but I, I think sometimes the kids' statistics are kind of overlooked. And I actually, as Carmen was asking me to do this talk, I went back and looked at the Wellhouse just as a resource, and I'm just going to read a few of these statistics with kids. So it says 75% of victim recruitment occurs between the ages of 12 and 17. 83% of victims are females, and up to 50% are minors. An estimated 1.5 million children run away from home each year. It is common for these children to be recruited into sex trafficking. So I think just those statistics alone show that there is a need for a residential program that focuses solely on kids who are being sex trafficked. I haven't actually had the chance to... uh, see that the residential facility for the kids yet I think they just opened in this past summer Mm -hmm. and so I look forward to hopefully this fall or winter being able to just kind of see and learn more about how Mm -hmm. they are working kids because there are so few places that um, work specifically with kids who have been sex trafficked and so and I would love to see something like that in Illinois one day that works with kids as well. You ever see yourself working in a place like that Amanda? Potentially, yeah, definitely one day. That's that's neat. That's neat. Ladies, again, if you're listening and, and something's tugging at your heart there in that area, um, if it's okay, we'll definitely put contact information for you, Amanda, in the episode yep. notes and um, and your mom and for Amy, because you guys have done so much work in this area that can start some of those talking points. And, and, um, and ladies... If we've hit on a tender area, you know, if you know somebody, a young girl or a young boy, you know, that that's you feels caught up in the middle of this as we, we have resources that we can come and al- walk alongside with. Um, but one of the things that we're finding, Amanda, is the greatest resource we bring our churches in this area of trafficking is awareness. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Those statistics you just read, you know, um, they open our eyes. They, you know, and sometimes I think all we got to do is, and I know I say this a lot, to open somebody's eyes to really get us to the table where we're paying attention to say, God, here I am, use me. We can't open them gentle. We need to rip them open. You know, I always think of yeah. Paul, the scales, you know, ripped off. So so when we can make somebody aware, um, there's that saying, right? Well, now you know. 
it's up to you if you're going to do something. You know, as I was kind of looking into the well house and I mean, my interest was to do something along the lines of helping sex trafficking victims and ended up at the children's home. But even those statistics, like I, I, even though I may not be working directly with victims of sex trafficking, like I am working with a vulnerable population, you know, teenagers and that, yeah. I mean, and those numbers reflect like they go after kids. And so just trying to even teach them the skills um, that hopefully don't end up in that situation. Exactly. Exactly. Help us understand that audience of these of these students. You know, what, what are they dealing with? What is their life like? And and just just talk a minute, because I want to know where do you point us to that we can keep current? Because the culture changes so quick. I can't keep up, Amanda, you know, to even understand what these kids are going through, let alone to lean in and help them. Regardless of where you stand on the whole pandemic, like it has impacted everyone's life. And I think specifically with teens and kids, there's been an increase in anxiety, uh, depressive disorders, sleep issues. Uh, kids withdrawing from their family, loneliness and isolation, and social anxiety. So all of those, in all of those areas, that has really increased for kids and teens. So I think that's kind of what the teens are, are part of what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. those, are, those are results, but there's many pathways to get there. Might be mm -hmm. a number of things that gets yeah. it, you know, that, that brings somebody there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, okay. Yeah. So, Amanda, you guys are at the children's home. I always look to you guys first. You know, anytime that I'm looking for um, parent advice or um, how to interact, you know, um, I guess in the larger umbrella, somebody may say focus on the family, you know, or that's an example of what I mean by a ministry that would have those those family resources. Mm -hmm. I always look at you guys first because I'm like the, the children's homes under our umbrella. And to me, I look at you guys to be those experts, you know, to platform you as a go-to because I don't think a lot of our churches realize you're there, um, right. you know, and the, and the children's homes there. Am I thinking wrong? Um, is that a resource? Where would you point them to look for resources if it's just a parent saying, man, I'm just trying to be proactive, but I just like to keep up with what's going on or somebody that that maybe they're like Carmen and they feel like they're just behind in a lot of areas and maybe we're grandparents now, but, you know, want to lean in. Where where would you point us to? We definitely are a resource. We want to be used by people throughout the state and even surrounding states. If you do you have a concern about your kid or even you I mean, reach out to the children's home. We have out pathways, outpatient counseling. We have the residential care program. Um, we are here to serve you and we want to help. So uh, feel free to reach out. You can ask for me. Anybody would be willing to help you. Okay. Okay. And ladies, again, we'll put that, we'll put that link for the children's home in the episode notes so that it's easily accessible to you guys. So, okay. All right. All right, Amanda, as we wind down, because I only get so much time on these podcasts and, and I could talk to you all day, friend, but as we wind down, speak to, speak to our audience, speak to the ladies that are listening in. Some of them may be students themselves, you know, some may be a young woman leader, some may be moms, grandmas, whatever, ladies in the marketplace, single women, um, speak to us if you could give us a word of encouragement, but also something like a challenge to spur us on. If, if I said, hey, here's your army, Amanda, rally us up, what would you be calling us to? Um, so I'm going to end with this quote in a verse and it says Jesus didn't mean just love those who fit into our idea of lovable. He meant those who are broken, those who are scarred, those who no one else will touch. 
Jesus meant love them all. We don't get to pick and choose. And then the verse I want to end with is, Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So I guess I just want to end with a question, like, what is your ministry? What are you doing for the Lord? How are you serving the Lord where you are? Because I truly believe God has a plan for each one of our lives. And what are you doing with that? That's good. That's good. I, that winds me down because my mind starts to spin. So that's good. All right. Well, Amanda, I want to thank you um, just for joining us today, letting me ask you questions and be willing to share to the ladies across the state. Absolutely. No problem. Even though it, it was a little out of my comfort zone, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's good. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. Just a reminder, if you're not connected with us, get connected. Um, and we'll put the contact information, like we said, into the episode notes. And I'm going to ask you to enjoy the rest of your Friday. We got fall weather here. Um, maybe some summer temps sneaking back in there. But but enjoy your fall. Have a great weekend. And I'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org women.